You are listening to the weekly podcast of Northeast Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We pray you enjoy today's message. Turn in your Bibles, turn in your Bibles. First Kings, First Kings. First Kings. Third chapter. First Kings, the third chapter. We're going to start at the 16th verse and read through to the 27th verse. First Kings, the third chapter. I'll start at the 16th verse. I'm going to be reading for you, hearing from the New Living Translation. Here at Northeast Baptist Church, we stand in reverence to the reading of God's Word. So everybody that has legs to stand, we want you to stand up. And if you have the text, say amen. amen. If you're still looking, say, wait a minute, preacher. Amen. And the word of God says, sometime later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled. Please, my Lord, one of them began. This woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There were only two of us in the house. But her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. And in the morning, when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted her. It certainly was your son, and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, the living child is mine, and the dead one is yours. And so they argued back and forth before the king. Then the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours, and each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. So a sword was bought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. Then the woman who was the real mother, somebody say real mother. The woman that was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much cried out, Oh no, my Lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, he will will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Then the king said, do not kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live, for she is the real mother. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you today from the thought, no handbook for motherhood. No handbook for motherhood. 
On September the 28th, 2006, Jonathan Jr. was born into this world. Here lay in our hands the result of answered prayer. The honest and I were ecstatic to have our baby boy in the world. And over the next few days, we, we marveled at this thing called the miracle of birth. And we thanked God for all of the help and the, the support that we had as new parents to help us with this miracle called birth. As a matter of fact, each day when, when Jonathan was fed, the nursing staff was there to help us. Uh, each day when he needed to have his bum cleaned and his diaper changed, it was the nursing staff that was there to help us. E each night when it was time for Jonathan to go lay down to bed, it, it was the nursing staff that was there to help us. We had become so dependent on this nursing staff to help us to rear this baby boy. But on the third day, on the third day, when Jonathan got up, this nursing staff that we had become so dependent upon came into the room and gave us some life-changing and earth-shattering news. They said, Mr. and Mrs. Mason, it's time for you to take that baby home. And, 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 and I, I said, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I said, are y'all sure? Because we're okay with the baby being here for a little while longer. I, I said, are you sure? Because, because this thing about to get real up in here up in here. I, I even called for the doctor. I said, we need the doctor. Y'all go get the doctor. I need to talk to the doctor. I said, doc, there must be a mistake. I know my insurance will cover a few more days. And doctor said, no. I said, all right. I said, well, I want y'all going to the house with me because I got an extra room at the house. He can, y'all can come stay. Well, one of y'all be on speed dial to help me do something. Give me a handbook or something to raise and rear these babies. I told him I need more than discharge papers and some free bottles. Bottles ain't free anyway. Y'all worked it into the bill somewhere. I said, it's got to be a handbook to help me with these children. I mean, there's a handbook for televisions. There's a handbook for your phone. There's a handbook for your car. You buy a new washer and dryer, there's a handbook for that. There had to be some kind of handbook to help me with this baby. Y'all could tell I wasn't thinking straight. Y'all could tell I wasn't in my right mind because let's think about it for a second. What handbook could tell you how to respond when your child comes home and tells you they're being bullied by children in the school? 
What handbook could tell you how to react when your teenage daughter comes home and tells you that she's pregnant and underage? What, what handbook could tell you the steps to take when your child gets in trouble in school or when your child gets in trouble with the law? What handbook could tell you how to cope with a medical diagnosis that soup and ginger ale cannot handle? Now, mom didn't raise us with a handbook, but mom raised us with the help of Almighty God. And I know there were some times when she thought she might lose her mind, but guess what? Mom kept on praying. I know that there were some times where she thought she might lose one of us, but guess what? Mom kept on praying. I know there were some times where we made decisions that she knew were not going to go our way, but mom kept on praying. Uh, I don't know about you, but somebody ought to be giving God praise for a mother that kept on praying and believing God for our deliverance. I wish I had 50 folk in the building today, and I'll make 51 that'll thank God that mom stayed on her knees, stayed in her prayer room, kept on holding on to the horns of the altar and saying, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. Somebody in here ought to be giving thanks to God for their mama. Giving thanks to God for their big mama. For their auntie. For whoever their mother figure was. Because if it had not been for a good mother, we wouldn't be where we are today. I'm so thankful for a godly mother because things could have gone left. Am I talking to anybody out there today? Listen, listen, let me say this, let me say this. Things could have gone left and for some of us things did go left. But, 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 but even when dad got tired of us, is even when dad stopped coming to our rescue, it was mom that never gave up. Y'all not praying with me today? It was God that kept on coming to the courthouse. It was God that kept on going to the schoolhouse. It was God that kept on and never stopped. There's no handbook for motherhood. But there are certain moral codes that a good godly mother is guided by. Uh, morals, morals, they're defined as a person's standards of behavior or beliefs concerning what is and is not acceptable. And if you don't mind, for the time we have remaining, I, I just want to use this pericope of Scripture to show you some of the morals that good, godly mothers live by. Is that all right? Here in this third chapter, the first Kings and the verses preceding our text today, God has told Solomon, king of all Israel, that he can ask for anything that he wants. And Solomon's request is that he be given wisdom to govern God's chosen people and to know the difference between right and wrong. And God was so pleased by the fact that Solomon asked for wisdom because he could have asked for wealth. 
He could have asked for long life. He could have asked for all of his enemies to be destroyed. But God, Solomon didn't ask for that. Solomon asked for wisdom. And God was so pleased that he gave Solomon wisdom far beyond that which any man had up to that time. Solomon was also given wealth and fame and a long life if he continued to follow God's commands. Now Solomon's wisdom was immediately tested. For we see here in verse 16 that sometime later he was confronted by two prostitutes that needed an argument settled. Uh, uh, these prostitutes, Brother Combs, they lived together. No one else was in the house with them. Uh, they gave birth to babies three days apart. And the first, the first prostitute to speak tells Solomon that the other woman rolled over on her baby and the baby died. And after this second prostitute rolled over and killed her baby, she, she realized the baby was dead and in the middle of the night, she went to the other prostitute and switched the babies putting the dead baby with the first prostitute and taking the living baby for her own. And when she woke up, the first prostitute, the next morning and tried to nurse her child, she realized that the baby was dead. And the text says that when the morning light showed down, she realized further that was not her baby. Now before I go any further, I need you to look at that text with fresh eyes. And if you look at that text with fresh eyes, you ought to be asking the same question I asked. How is it that two prostitutes ended up in the presence of the king of Israel? Come on, y'all got to come with me now. Listen, I, I need to ask you that question. How is it that two prostitutes, Philip, ended up in the presence of the king of all Israel? A king, by definition, has a great deal of responsibility. Uh, they're responsible for the economy of the nation. They're, they're responsible for international relationships. They're responsible for education and the safety of the nation. Solomon, in particular, was engaged in a major building project. He was rebuilding the temple, Israel's temple. Surely he didn't have time to mediate an issue like this. Surely he had other people in place to handle things of this nature. I tell you what, call the White House right now and tell the operator that you need to speak to Joe Biden and see what happens. I tell you what, take it a step further. Go to the White House right now. Pull up in front of the White House and act like you want to walk through the front doors. Tell security that you got an issue that only Biden can solve and you got to see him right now and see what happens to you. I dare say that Northeast will be raising money to get you out of jail. I dare say we'll be operating as character witnesses for you to let them know that you just had a temporary loss of sanity. But watch what will happen to you if you go to Biden. And the reason is Biden is busy dealing with the issues of the nation. If you want to see Biden, you got to go through procedures. You got to go through layers of people and watch this. Even after you go through all of that, you still more than likely will never get to see him. Solomon was busy dealing with the issues of the nation. 
and the world as he knew it. Yet, somebody say yet. Two prostitutes despised by the world. Yet, two prostitutes. Women who degrade themselves in exchange for money. Yet, two prostitutes ended up in the presence of the king of all Israel. Uh, beloved, it's my contention that these two prostitutes made it to the king because the real mother of that baby was not going to quit until somebody did something to help her child. Uh, that's my first point in the moral code of motherhood. Good mothers never quit. I know I'm not the only one that can look back over the history of my life and bear witness to the fact that mama did whatever it took to make sure I was okay. I watched that little lady in the corner stand down prejudice principles. I watched her stand up to corrupt cops. I saw her drive the streets of Willow Grove at Abington looking for me when I was out past dark, jump in the middle of a school fight when it was four of them against one of me wiped the blood from my face, looked back at those four boys and said, what y'all want to do? She, she said it before young folks said it. If you want some, come get some. You see, a good, a good godly mother will go to the ends of the earth and back to make sure her children are okay. Come on, somebody in here ought to be thankful that God gave you a mother that did not quit. When the money wasn't right, she did not quit. When daddy wasn't right, she did not quit. When you weren't right, she did not quit. But by the grace of almighty God, she hung in there and never let go. Good mothers will not quit. Is there anybody in the building that'll give God praise because they had a mother that never never quit. Never quit. More code, more code. Good godly mothers, they never quit. But look at verse 22. Look at verse 22. The first prostitute was telling her story. And then the text says that the other woman interrupted her, saying that the living child belonged to her. They began to argue. Solomon smoke up in the middle of their argument. He said, both women claim that the living child is theirs. He called for a sword. He said he would cut the child down in the middle and give half to each woman. Verse 26 says that the real mother of the living child cried out. And I don't know about you, but every now and then I used to hear my mama cry out when things got rough for the family. The text says that the real mother cried out and said, give the other woman the child. But whatever you do, don't kill him. This mother loved her child so much that she was willing to sacrifice her parental rights so that the child 
might live. That's, that, that's point two, y'all. A good mother will make the sacrifice. A good mother won't quit. A good mother will make the sacrifice. Family, let me tell you something. If you have a living mother right now, you need to love on her for the sacrifices that she made so that you might live. If your mother has gone on to be with the Lord, then you ought to offer a thanksgiving prayer for the sacrifices that she made so that you might live. Can I tell you some of the sacrifices good mothers make? She sacrificed her body to bring us into this world. Say amen, somebody. She sacrificed lunch and work so that we could have dinner at night. Say amen, somebody. She mended ripped stockings so that we could have new shoes. She sacrificed weekends with the girls to go to your recital and go to your athletic events. Watch this. She sacrificed getting a new boo because she knew that you didn't need to see her with Lottie, Dottie, and y'all not praying with me up in here today. She worked two or three jobs so she could pay our school fees. She even after, and watch this, even after we graduated, somebody say even after. Even after we graduated and went out on our own, she still dipped into her savings to pay your rent, to pay your car note, to pay your mortgage, to pay anything else you fell behind on. I sure wish I had somebody other than Jonathan that can testify and will let you know that if it had not been for mom's sacrifice, if it had not been for her abiding love, if it had not been for her intervention I surely would not be here today stand tall stick out your chest act like you did it on your own if you want to uh, we can go out and buy all the finer things in life because we got our credit straight with Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. But what about mama's credit report? What about mama's credit record? Uh, that $50 that you never paid back, uh, that $100 you said you'd get to her on Tuesday, it's five years later and mom still ain't got her money. But watch this, mom never said a word. You know why she never said a word because she knew that the Lord would supply all her needs she knew that the Lord would never leave her nor forsake her she knew that all of her help comes from the Lord I wish I had a witness in here today that knows that your mother sacrificed for you she gave up some stuff that she could have had for herself so that you could have. She blessed you and did without herself so that you could look like you had the world. We thank God. For good godly mothers. A mother's moral code, Brother Kim. She won't quit. She'll make the sacrifice. But now go back to the text for my final point. The first prostitute, Popsy, said, give the other prostitute the baby. But the other prostitute was fine 
with seeing the living baby die. Neither one of us will have a child. You ever met anybody like that? Misery loves company. As long as you ain't doing better than me, we okay. As long as you got the same that I got, we all right. But as soon as you start to elevate just a little bit, then y'all not praying with me up in here today. The other prostitute was fine with this. And it was at that moment that the king made a decision. He said, don't kill the baby. Give him to the one that wants him to live. Because watch this. She is the real mother. Uh, my final point, my final point, my final point on a moral code for good godly mothers, mothers will never quit. Mothers will always make the sacrifice. Watch this. His third point. Because she knows that her reward comes from the king. I wish I had somebody in here today that was praying with me. What are you talking about, Pastor Mason? Well, in one statement, in one statement from Solomon, this woman received two rewards. The first reward she received, Reverend Brown, is that she got a promotion. What are you talking about? about Pastor Mason. Well, look at verse 16. Uh, the writer begins the story by calling her a prostitute. Uh, a prostitute is disrespected, talked about, and cast aside. But by the end of the story, the king determines that she is a real mother. <laughs> Y'all not praying with me. Uh, our moms weren't born perfect, uh, and they never became perfect. Uh, some of them weren't ready to be mothers at conception, and they weren't ready to be mothers at birth. They had some flaws. They had some faults. They had some habits. And they made some mistakes. But somewhere along the line, they stopped depending on baby daddy. And they learned how to depend on Jesus. They learned how to trust in God. And after a while, and by and by, God took that flawed vessel and created a real mother. Sister Mother, you know I detest boastful preaching uh, when a preacher has the nerve to say uh, that I'm preaching good up in this place. Uh, but in this one rare case, uh, I'll embrace it uh, because I'm preaching better uh, than y'all are shouting. Uh, you ought to be giving God praise in the sanctuary. Uh, if you had a mother that knew that she would get her reward from the king, uh, if you had a mother that paid the price, that sacrifice, that gave it all so that you could have. But wait a minute. I told you there were two rewards. One, she received a promotion. But two, the king gave her baby back. First promotion. First, first reward is she received a promotion. But the second is that the king gave her baby back. And some mothers in here ought to be rejoicing because somewhere along the line in this motherhood journey, your baby fell by the wayside. 
Your baby strayed a little bit. Your baby rebelled a little bit. Your baby got in trouble sometimes. But the king, I'm not talking about Solomon, but the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the will in the middle of the will. He's my rock in a weary land. Is there anybody in the building that'll give God praise that he gave your baby back? And now you can witness graduations from high school graduations from college, starting their own careers, living out on their own. Deaconess Edwards, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Jody, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Donna, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Serena, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Is there anybody in the building that'll give God praise? Because the king gave your baby back. Is there anybody in the building that'll give God praise? Because he walked with you and talked with you and told you that you're his own. Is there anybody in the building that'll shout for joy because you made it through the journey of motherhood and fatherhood with the help of Almighty God? Say yeah! Say yeah! Say yeah! Say yeah! Thank you! Thank you! There's no handbook for motherhood, but there is a moral code. And if you trust in Jesus, come on somebody, if you trust in Jesus, if you trust in the Lord, and if you never let go, oh, I'm so glad my mama never let go. I'm so glad that I still have her here at 89 years old to be able to give her a hug and a kiss and say thank you for never letting go. If you trust in him, he'll give you that code. And they won't quit. They'll make the sacrifice because they know that the king will give them their reward. Standing all over the building, the doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. If there's one today by letter candidate for baptism or on your Christian experience that would want to give their lives to the Lord, all you have to do is give your hand to the deacon, but give your heart to the Lord. Is there one this morning? 
you can have that same moral code, whether male or female. You don't have to quit because you know you got Jesus. You can make the sacrifice because you know you got Jesus. You can stay in it and keep on fighting because you know that your reward comes from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Is there one this morning? Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.